Bowl, baby. NFL draft round one in the books. It was all right there for the Green Bay Packers. The world was their oyster at pick number 13. They could have got anyone they wanted. As some suggested, any weapon they wanted was on the board. Brian Gutekunst put his draft card in, and what happens? Well, take a listen. Green Bay. With the 13th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Lucas Finesse, defensive end, Iowa. Howdy, that's not JSN. That's not the wide receiver we all were thinking about. Yeah, I was in a weird spot last night after the Packers draft. I was sitting there going, Luke Van Ness was one of the guys I liked, and it was a position that I outside of offensive tackle and wide receiver edge was one of the three that I wouldn't mind taking at 13, but it wasn't my guy. It wasn't Jackson Smith and Jigba. No, it wasn't your guy. Yeah, but it it was Brian Gutekunst's guy. It wasn't the guy that I think the majority of Packer fans wanted them to take. I think just about every Packer fan. Now I like Lucas Van Ness as well. It's a nice pick. And here's the thing we asked at the end of the show, uh, are you going to be happy, sad, or indifferent? Rowdy, at 6.03 this morning, after you slept on the Packers draft, where are you, happy, sad, or indifferent? See, if, I, if you would ask me 10 minutes, 5 minutes, right after the draft pick, I would have said indifferent. Uh-huh. Now, after being able to sleep on it, I mean, I like it. Yeah, I like I, it too. I liked it originally. I think the only reason was why you, you felt maybe a little bummed or let down is because... <laughs> The receiver was on the board. It was all right there. And Because and, how many times have you seen in the draft where it's like, oh, you know, I'd really like this playmaker or this weapon, and there's no shot at getting them. Yeah. Because like the Packers the are always Packers. drafting in the late, late 20s. Yeah. Or it was like, hey, they specifically need a position really, really bad the few years where they were up in the middle of the draft, and they took that position, and it wasn't a flashy position. No. It was right there. So, yeah, in the moment, I felt a little bummed, a little let down. But now that you get to take it in a little bit, it's a position they needed. It's a guy that's ascending, and it was a player overall that I liked. Yeah. Um, Listen, it's a nice pick for the Packers, and here's the thing. Um, Everyone who's wanted JSN, myself included on it, you knew it wasn't going to happen. I think our great caller, Gavin, when he called in, he goes, since everyone wants it and makes too much sense, it's just not going to happen. And guess what? The Packers, again, did not take a skill position offensively f- since 2002. Javon Walker. Yeah, I got a little little stat for you on top of that. Yeah, hit, hit me with it. With the Packers taking Lucas Van Ness, this is the 21st straight draft. The Packers have not selected a running back, wide receiver, or tight end in the first round. Yeah. That is the longest drought in the common draft era since 1967. And then it goes their last such pick, Javon Walker. In 2002, uh, Brian Gutekunst does the talk about it. drought in common draft history. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, Brian Gutekunst, um, I mean, obviously he took to the podium afterwards. The Van nested as well. He called in. Uh, we'll, we'll hear that. Brian Gutekunst, Rowdy, went to uh, the podium and talked about how essentially it's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. Uh, I think this is the clip right here. Let me play it for you. As uh, Brian Gutekunst talking about, let me just take that over there with you. Uh, Brian Gutek was talking about why, um, you know, some wide receivers or other offensive players still on the board, and they took Van Ness. Uh, it's absolutely hilarious. He talks about, oh, actually, it's not the right clip. I'll find it, but he does talk about being a coincidence. Do you honestly think it's a coincidence? I mean, the decision to draft Van Ness 
The last 13 first-round picks made by the Packers, 12 of them have come on defense. That includes seven of the eight picks that Gutekunst has made. Do you think it's coincidence, Rowdy? Shouldn't we have the best defense in the freaking nation by now? Yeah, I mean, you're seeing all of those tweets talking about all the first-round picks that are now going to be on this defense where they're pretty much the entire Packers defense outside of a couple spots is either a first-round pick and or a higher-priced free agent. Here, here's, here, I found it. Here's Goody, uh, 12 of the last 13 years, uh, defensive player first in the draft. Uh, the first part of it, I think it's just a little bit coincidence. It's not certainly something that we um, intentionally try to do, um, but at the same time, it's, uh, it is, I mean, it's, you know, it's unusual that, that that's that many years. And, um, but uh, I do think the expectations are high. I sat here last year, said the same thing, and I think we had really good moments last year, but uh, the consistency has to be better. Um, but, yeah, I think the expectations around here are always high. And uh, we put a lot of investment into that group, and um, there are high expectations. I, I honestly – I kind of believe them, actually, that it's coincidence. Uh, this would have been the perfect year to give the double birds to Aaron Rodgers and then to uh, give your rookie – or not rookie, but, you know, Jordan Love, your new quarterback, the era, uh, another weapon. Because you look at your wide receivers, it's pretty um, unproven. I honestly think it is coincidence because Brian Gutekunst could have said F you to Rodgers, gave Jordan Love something he hadn't did, Aaron Rodgers before that, Brett Favre. I think it's maybe it is coincidence. They just like Van Ness that much. He's The dude's a monster. His name's, his nickname's Hercules, Rowdy. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Evo, I got, I got some more for you on the Packers and lack thereof, the running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Please, yeah. So we know that Javon Walker was the last running back taken, or sorry, wide receiver taken, and that was 2002. Yeah. The last tight end was Bubba Franks, 2000. And then if you scroll all the way down the list, the last time they took a running back in the first round, Daryl Thompson, 1990. Jesus. Man. Uh, By the way, shout out to Bubba Franks. He was brought up twice already this week on the show. My guy, Bubba Franks. That's probably two more times than he had been brought up the last Two yeah. years. One about him being a jet, and one about him not being um, a defensive guy being taken for the Packers in the first round. Yeah, I mean, every Rowdy, we had the, your pick of tight ends. You had your pick of wide receivers. You had your pick of, well, just anything you wanted. And Lucas Van Ness is the guy, the defensive end out of Iowa. We all like it. Like, it's a good pick. That's but, why it was a weird spot last night, because you felt let down and bummed. Is there sizzle? Even though you still liked it. Because it wasn't Smith and Jigba. Is there sizzle with Van Ness? I mean, I saw people getting hung on the fact that he wasn't—he never started. Well, but he played the most snaps out of any yeah, linebacker in the country. That's how Iowa rolls. That's how Kirk Ferentz yeah. rolls. Normally, he's kind of an old school throwback where it's like you have to be here, take your time, and earn your role. You don't just step in right away at Iowa. That's that's an old school. That's the reason why. It's not because he wasn't good. Yeah, Here, people were freaking out about it online. Like he wasn't even a starter for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Okay, well he actually had the most snaps than any other defensive lineman on the team. He had close to one thousand the last two years. So, I mean, just because he didn't start doesn't mean you got to freak out about it. He's a monster. This guy's huge. What is he? Six five, two hundred and seventy five pounds. This dude's a beast. Yeah. Hence the nickname Hercules. And I saw some I saw other people freaking out and saying how he wasn't all Big Ten and he wasn't this and he wasn't that. Well, he was all Big Ten. Yeah. And he also was a freshman all American. This guy is a monster. Like he's a he's a he's a wild boy. Uh from Illinois, finished with what, seventy one tackles, thirteen and a half sacks, twenty tackles for loss. 
Second team all Big Ten honors the past season, part of the number two defense in the country. Uh, Van Ness accomplished everything he did in Iowa City, again, not being a starter during his career, but playing the most snaps than any other defensive lineman on the team. Close to 1,000. And he was a hockey guy growing up, a hockey player. Yeah, that those uh, that video of him absolutely destroying some kid on the ice went viral. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, speaking of Van Ness and, like, what he brings to the table, I would almost argue he's even a more versatile Rashawn Gary. Yeah. And I know that Rashawn Gary was one of the guys that they were kind of comparing him to just because of his his size and kind of his attributes and traits. Like, he's a freak athlete. He's huge. He fit the the Packers type when it comes to an RAS score because he his score was he's an athlete. His score was very similar to Nick Bosa's, which is quite pretty, good, pretty nice. And again, but weirdly enough, he's a guy like Rashawn Gary that came from Iowa, who's runs a four three system. So he was kind of defensive end, but also at Iowa they played him inside. And I would also imagine that the Packers are going to at least give him a shot to come off of the edge, too, especially yeah. because Preston Smith's getting older and, and a candidate to be cut in a couple of years. So Rashawn Gary is going to yeah. be down at least for the beginning. But he's a guy that you could see not only be a an edge rusher, he could be a defensive end yeah. and even play a few interior so snaps. After um, the draft, Brian Gutekunst went you know, and talked to the media, and he talked just about that, Rowdy, how he's similar to Rashawn Gary, different, a little different of body type, and also how Van Ness, he compared him to uh, like Zadarius Smith on how he performed in 2021. So talking about Van Ness won't be just an edge rusher. They'll use him inside as well. Yeah, because I know people didn't forget, but Zadarius Smith obviously was up on, on – uh, you know, a, a two point stance rushing the passer most of the time, but then also put his hand down, played some uh, end as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you have Goody talking. We'll get all the comments coming out here. Brian Goodwin's got a lot of them. Van Ness also uh, in his, you know, quick little phoner with uh, the media for the Green Bay Packers. He'll, uh, we'll play that as well. But yet, like Rashawn Gary, kind of like Zadarius Smith, the dude's six foot five, 275 pounds. He's, uh, I think Goody even talked about he has to lose a little weight. Uh, if he wants to improve his speed as a pass rusher, which makes sense. I mean, you're bulking around at 275. Um, the draft, though, Rowdy, uh, were you surprised when you saw friggin' well, not Bryce Young go number one, but then C.J. Stroud go number two? There's smoke screens out there big time about Stroud and the Texans. Yeah, what about all that to do about C.J. Stroud, and then he still goes number two? Yeah. Oh, they were trying to make a big deal about the Panthers not taking Bryce Young either. Did you hear his dad? He said they hadn't heard from the Panthers in weeks. We're going to see what happens. And then what happens? Well, we all knew what happened. Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback, going right there. And then C.J. Stroud, they really tried to knock him down as well. Um, and then how about the Texans coming back up for the third pick with their trade? Uh, that was pretty crazy as well. So you had uh, some jaws hitting the floor right away. And then you had Anthony Richards, uh, Richardson, excuse me, going for the Colts, the quarterback out of Florida. Uh, he's a really raw. So I mean, that's you know the hopefully their guy for the future. And then um, the one guy kept dropping Rowdy, Will Levis. He's a, he's now a second rounder. What happens with Will Willie Boy? Yeah, Will Will Levis was the guy this year that everybody kept showing. Weren't we talking about a Reddit post of how he's going to be the top the top pick? Yeah, that was what swung his odds just in a crazy in his favor of going potentially the first pick all because of a Reddit that went viral. Yeah. Well, that wasn't right. No, it was not. No, not much was for a lot of people's mocks and ideas for the draft. And Turns then, out a lot of inside info on the draft so far when it comes to prospects. 
That hasn't been right. No. Um, here's the thing with the drafts all the time. No one ever, like, those mock drafts always are wrong after the first pick, second pick. And then the Bears, my, you know, my buddy, Palizzi, uh, he's a big Chicago Bears fan. He wanted Jalen Carter bad. He wanted Jalen Carter bad. The Bears had pick number nine. And what do the Bears do? They trade back one spot to go to 10. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, who they traded with, go up, and they pick Jalen Carter. Pulisi was texting me beside himself that they didn't get Carter. Instead, they got uh, what the tackle Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. So <laughs> he was, I was just getting a flurry of text messages from Pulisi bitching about how they traded and then got they could have got Jalen Carter and said went with Wright. Uh, it, the draft is hilarious. It's so funny. Um, like You know, like what Rowdy said, like, Rowdy, you really wanted JSN. So did everyone else. Well, here's one guy who didn't. Brian Gutekunst. He wanted Lucas Van Ness. It's hard to get into the mind uh, of these GMs, but my God, the draft is fun. It is just fun to watch the stories unfold. How about what's going on in Philadelphia? I know they touched on it on the broadcast, but Philadelphia is basically becoming Georgia North. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all talking about they got uh, Jalen my team Carter there, my and team Nolan there. Smith in the first round last night. Yeah. Um, well, well, it's like the Packers drafting their two guys um, last year, Rowdy. All right. Um, let's see here. In the first round. Let's see. <laughs> well, they added two Georgia players uh, last year uh, in the draft as well. Yeah. They've taken four Georgia defensive players. This is the Eagles. In the last two draft. Well, I shouldn't even say four just to stop. They still have plenty of draft left. But, yeah, the last two years they've taken four defensive players. Yeah. What do we, what do we get? Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt? Yeah. I mean, Georgia good, boys do or double dipping in a Georgia. A good point is just. The Eagles and the Packers, just in general, together have taken six yeah. Georgia players in the last two drafts. Drafts wild. We'll get all into it. I see the phone's blowing up. Well, what say you about Lucas Van Ness? Couldn't get a ticket. It was a sold-out show. Heard the roar of the crowd. He could picture the scene. Mm. I mean, foreigner just... Freaking rules, dude. Come on. Hit me. You know who else rocks even harder? Our guy Dave Essler, the freaking betting hero. Screw a jukebox hero. David, what's up, brother? Nothing. Not, I, you know, I'd love to be a jukebox hero because they have control over everything. And, <laughs> as long as you have money, Dave, because you got to put money into the jukebox, you know? Yeah, that's true. But I don't have, I don't have control over anything. It's really unfortunate. Dave, um, I wish we had control over the draft. A lot of or Packer fans wanted JSN, uh, Smith and Jigba. Instead, we got Lucas Van Ness from um, from a guy in Florida, not a Packers fan. What do you think of the pick for the Packers? You know, I don't know. I was just telling Rowdy off air. I mean, I don't get too excited about these things. I mean, unless my team has the number one pick and they screw that up. But, <laughs> you know, you can look back at drafts and everybody great. Oh, the Packers had a, an A-minus draft, you know, they the only thing they screwed up was their seventh round pick, and you know, and 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 two of them actually make the team. Or conversely, you know, oh, they really screwed. I get a C minus. Well, you know, they had a like a sixth round Tom Brady and yeah. you know a bunch of other guys. So I, I don't buy into that. No, nah, it's the same, I mean, Dave. You can't judge a draft till three to five years, but we're gonna give one anyways tonight. So, no, I say we can judge it in the preseason. Yeah, Dave, um, I'm loving. Well, I love every Friday with you. Uh, lately, though, our other sister station's been having these sound lounges. So you know what that means? I get breakfast. Well, actually, rowdy bad news. There is like a million people down there. Breakfast is gone. It is done. But there is ah tasty beer, Dave. And Dave, check this out. 
in true Wisconsin fashion, not only am I having a beer right now at 740, in the 9 o'clock hour, well, actually, in the 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock hour, we're having a grilled cheese champion in studio as he's defending his title tomorrow. He's going to be making us grilled cheeses live in studio. What do you think of that? Um, probably not a reason to fly to Madison. But... What do you mean? Yeah. Even better, <laughs> fly to Dodgeville because that's where the grilled cheese championship is tomorrow. Well, um, yeah, you they know, don't have an airport. Get, no. Why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you live stream it for me? I think they do, Dave. I'll send you the link. And yeah, <laughs> Dodgeville doesn't have an airport. There's like, they got the, the state's number one pizza hut, Rowdy. Oh, God. <laughs> Dave. All right, Dave. Let's dive into all this. Before I do, I have two questions. Uh, I have two questions from listeners for you, and I think this will be very quick. Uh, our guy in Scotland wants to know did you or will you bet on snooker? Uh,. I would if it was the only thing on. You'd be surprised what I bet on during COVID. Did you bet on marble racing? No. Oh. What did you bet on in COVID? But, I'm curious. Yeah. Oh, I got. I had Korean baseball nailed. I oh, mean, Rowdy. I think Rowdy dabbled in that, didn't you, Rowdy? It was getting too early for me. Yeah. And then, Dave, we have another question. Um, this comes from our listener, The King. Could you ask Dave about the XFL playoffs and who he likes? Please and thanks. Dave, do you bet on that? Yeah. The XFL playoffs? Yeah. Well, since, since the season just started, I don't think I'm ready to make that kind of commitment. I think the, Aren't they in the playoffs now, I think? I don't know. I haven't followed the XFL at all. So, Dave, I think we covered our bases. No to snooker and no to XFL. <laughs> How about um, this? Let's dive you know, right. I've, I've made a few, a few XFL uh, bets, but, you know, it's not something I'm going to put a whole lot of money on. I mean... You know, Dave, you're in the business yeah, of making yeah, money. I've made a lot. I've made a lot of money betting on the Seattle Sea Dragons. So, you know, they'll probably be they'll probably beat DC even if if it's on the road. Um, I, I don't think Arlington can beat Houston. So, you know, I'm going to go with I'm going to I'm going to go with Houston and Seattle in the XFL championship. Dave, you are a man of many talents. Dave, let's go into your bread and butter, though. Uh, let's jump right into it. Rowdy uh, asked me yesterday, how many NBA games do you think I'm going to watch? And I said, well, if you don't bet on them, I'd say zero. But since Rowdy is betting on them, I'd say he'd be watching what he'd bet on. Rowdy, how many games did you bet on this morning on the Razor's Edge? Uh, we just went with two, and it was two that we actually touched on on uh, the podcast Winner's Take. Go download it. And it was the Suns and the Warriors. What do you think, Dave? Um, uh, yeah, I agree. We talked about that, and I couldn't argue either way. I mean, I hate laying seven points with Golden State, but, you know, that's an awful lot of points. I mean, I think they win the game. Whether they win by seven, I really don't know. I think, I think if I was going to bet that game, I would I would take Golden State in the first half, um, but there's no, no way I could get to Sacramento. I mean, I think Golden State's experience is, is starting to, to trump anyone else's talent. So, Dave, um, you know, with the Bucks out, you um, – was it the Celtics was the other ticket you took, right, for the to win it all? Yeah. yeah. So, having the Bucks, the Bucks losing makes it, makes it good for me. Yeah, yeah. Rowdy, did you take the Celtics? Too? No, like, again, we were talking on the podcast. It made sense that at the beginning of the NBA playoffs, if you were willing to kind of hedge your bet to not only bet on the Celtics and the Bucks – because it feels like one of those two teams is going to come out of the East, yeah. and it feels like one of those two teams had a better shot of winning it all than anybody in the West. So, hedge your bet and bet them both. Love it. Hey, um, Dave, are you betting on 
the NFL draft? Yeah, I did actually. I made a couple of bets last night, and we actually gave them out on the uh, on the uh, podcast yesterday. I had uh, over uh, one and a half running backs selected. I mean, pretty wow. much always every over in the first round every year. There's usually only one because running backs are becoming a dime a dozen. So I thought that kid from Alabama would go late in the first round, but he actually went you know middle of the first round. So that catched early. And we had um, under, I think under under three tight ends. I knew that it would be two at the most, and there was only one. I mean, yeah. you had to pay a little, you had to pay a little juice for it, but you know it was pretty obvious that late in the game. You got anything cooking? You got anything cooking for the second, third round at all, or is it you're just a first round? I, man? You know, I haven't looked yet. Um, I do need some sleep. I don't need a lot, but um, <laughs> I'll, I'll look this morning, and if I see anything, I'll. Put it out on my Twitter feed. You got it. Love it, Dave. You. Well, how about Major League Baseball then? What do you got? You got any little juicy nuggets for us? Yeah, I kind of agree with Rowdy on the Cardinals. Um, the only thing that concerns I'd probably take him on the run line. I know the Dodgers are in a tough spot, and, and Rowdy probably went through this, but Flaherty's always been one of those guys that's been so good at home and so marginal on the road. I get leery, but I think the Dodgers' situation without a bullpen and flying back from Pittsburgh is a very difficult situation for them. So, yeah, I will uh, I will agree with Rowdy on that one. Um, I like the Braves max fried for the first five innings. Um, that's a pretty cheap price. You can get it around minus 140. I have to take the Braves bullpen out of that equation. And there was an AL game I liked. Let me look here. Um, yeah, I like the uh, White Sox, excuse me, Indians, excuse me, Guardians and Red Sox under nine runs. I mean, I don't think the Red Sox will get many off of Beaver and Pavetta. Um, you know, he's been okay at Fenway. So I, those are the three I like the most, without a doubt. Um, you know, I don't see Texas losing. You could probably use Lemon DeGrom somewhere in a, uh, in a parlay unless you want to lay minus 190. I mean, I probably would, but. Not everybody would do that. I think I think that's a free parlay leg, along with Golden State. Nice. You know, put them put their money line together with Golden State. That's probably a decent price. Dave, I saw on your Twitter and go follow Dave on Twitter. Dave underscore Essler E S S L E R. Him and Rowdy also do the Winners Take podcast. Uh, go get it. It's uh it's freaking awesome. Uh, Dave, I saw on your Twitter though, fourteen hours ago, needing some advice. Lakers minus four and a half for Memphis uh, plus five and a half. Uh, everyone going with the Lake yeah. Show on that one on your Twitter account here. I thought it was pretty split, which surprised well, 50, me. 55 to 44, I guess. So, yeah, it's, it's a split then. Yeah, that's not bad. I, I, I lean Memphis, but I really like the under. I mean, I don't think, you know, I think the Lakers will do everything they can at home. I mean, yeah, they're old, but they're also slow. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think the Lakers will do everything they can to keep that up. Keep that game under. I took it like 219 and a half. Yeah. If there's some 219s out there, mostly 218 and a half. Yeah, I, I love that under. I think that's probably my favorite bet tonight. Love it, Dave. Uh, anything else? What's, what else is going on, Dave? How's the golf game last week? You, and you golfing again today? Um, no, I'm pretty much only playing one day a week now. I got too much going on. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I don't know um, that my golf game is going to ever get any better, to be honest with you. Who's the guy I mean, that we saw stripe the 80-year-old dude around here? Killing it in the uh, before the Masters. Oh, Gary Player. You, you you could be in the Gary Player play, uh, plan here, Dave. The dude was like crushing it. 
was yeah, it? Part well, three? You know, he could put all the all facets of his game together in one round. You know, most of us have a very difficult time with that. Well, I have a difficult time just swinging a club. Uh, any any other bets you want to get there, Rowdy, for Dave? Or anything? You can pretty well, I think we kind of touched it all. All right, cool. We yeah, covered a I lot mean, of different market, sports. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what the market really likes tonight. I don't know why. I'll have to look into it. But Seattle with Castillo um, over Toronto at home with Alec Manoa. I don't understand that, but there's a ton of money on Seattle, and that line's moved like thirty cents. Um, that's one of those that I almost would bet blindly. Yeah. Um, you know, I I probably go first five on it because Seattle's bullpen's kind of kind of mad. But um, that definitely is a shocker. I would have thought Manoa would have got all the money. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. Have you have you been riding the Pittsburgh Pirates? They're, they're aren't they like one of the most lucrative teams in the in Major League Baseball? Yeah, not as much as I probably should have. And I, I believe the uh, Pirates are the most lucrative team in baseball. Who would have thought? To be honest, oh, crazy. You know, um, and some of the ones that you probably wouldn't think of are probably some of the worst teams in baseball they're on. I mean, to, to a bet on, I mean, it, it's actually kind of crazy. It's, it's like that every year. The Dodgers got to be up there for one of the worst teams to bet on. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh's up for 15 units. Tampa Bay's up 14, and that's uh, nobody else even close. Uh, the Dodgers are down about eight units. And Man. the worst team is actually the White Sox uh, handily, but... Yeah, the Dodgers are down there. Uh, the Padres are, are in the negative. I mean, that just tells you that in spite of their record, you're paying an awful lot of, 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 of juice for those teams that you shouldn't be paying. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're just overvalued teams. And, you know, the Pirates that, you know, up until recently, you'd be able to get plus 150 on them on any game. And, you know, then they, they only need to win a third of their game for you to make money. People don't, don't crack that. <laughs> Dave, I mean, we covered a lot of stuff there from snooker to baseball to pirates to uh, everything in between. We could really get around here. Dave, in the mail, if we hit on, on all these bets, in the mail, I'll be sending you a Christian Gonzalez jersey, your uh, new cornerback for the New England Patriots, okay? Well, you can hold that off until I secretly take a second one. Okay. Anyone, uh, anyone uh, I mean, in particular? Uh, I would prefer a wide receiver, but, you know, they're, they're all gone. Hey, you sound like a Packer fan. I'd prefer a wide receiver. So. Yeah, well, I texted Rowdy last night. <laughs> I told him with, with, the, with the 14th pick in the NFL draft, the Packers select Will Levis, quarterback, God, Kentucky. I would have loved it. <laughs> Dave, we love you, buddy. All right. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Lucas Van Ness, a.k.a. Hercules, is your new Green Bay Packer. I like the pick, but part of me wanted JSN, Rowdy. I know you were really high on Smith and Jigba as well. What happened? I just don't want to hear the Green Bay Packers and Brian Gutekunst come up and say, you know, if Jordan Love is struggling, that, you know, we we just need to figure it out with our wide receiver core and all this other stuff because the guy was right there. You had anyone you wanted right there. It was prime for the taking. Yeah. You had tight ends, wide receivers. You had almost every single weapon at your disposal. And But when's the last time the Packers picked a uh, wide receiver, tight end, running back? Wide receiver, 2002, Javon Walker. <laughs> tight end, 2000, Bubba Franks. <laughs> 
The running back, don't even remember his name, 1990. <laughs> what new you're born? 1994. <laughs> I love it. Brian Gudukun says it's not a coincidence, by the way. It's not a coincidence. Man, did it feel like they had everything going for them? They not did. only was it almost every other weapon on the board still available, it was the guy that they had uh, brought in for interviews. It was the guy that everyone fans wanted. It was the guy that they could draft at a position that would stick it to Aaron Rodgers and help out Jordan Love. Yeah. They still didn't do it. Rowdy? Well, at least you can say one thing about Brian Gutekunst and the Green Bay Packers. They really stick to their guns. <laughs> Boy, do they ever. Here is Brian Gutekunst. Why they picked Van Ness over some of, you know, the wide receivers or other offensive players still on the board in the first round. Take a listen. Yeah, there was a bunch. We actually we had really good choices. I mean, again, we have, you know, we don't pick high, this high very often. So we had a lot of choices. And um, uh, I think it was just kind of how we had them rated. Um, obviously, we very much believe in rushing the passer. And edge rush was a very premium position for us. And, um, it just that, that I think that was why we kind of made that decision. All right, more there you go. There's Goody. More on it though. Uh, asked is Lucas Van Ness is he similar to Rashawn Gary? Yeah, they're a little bit different player, a little bit different body type. Um, their their measurables do do add up pretty pretty similarly though. But um, uh, he's had a little bit more probably exposure inside rushing than Rashawn did coming out. You know, um, but uh, but they're both big, fast, long, powerful athletes and. Um, you know, I think they'll they'll complement each other well, along with Preston and and JJ from last year, and some of the guys we have. I think it's going to be a nice group. So a little Rashawn Gary comp to a degree, Rowdy. Yeah, and that's just basically because I mean their tests were they're athletic freaks. They're both big. They both came from a four three uh, style defense in college, almost the same size and over Sean Gary was a little bit bigger, but he obviously lost some weight so that he could be more of an edge rusher than a guy with his hand on the ground. But just like Rashawn Gary and Zadarius Smith, Luke Van Ness is going to be a guy that is able to play a ton of different positions. Yeah. Like they were even talking about for versatility. Not only could he be an edge rusher like a Preston Smith or, or Rashawn Gary, he could be like a Dean Lowry with his hand on the ground being a defensive end. And he might even take snaps inside. Yep. Here's more for Goody on that um, inside like Zadarius Smith and, 2021. Absolutely. I think he's going to, he's a very versatile player. Obviously that's very important to us. Um, you know, I think obviously he's a different player than Z was, but he, I think he's going to be able to do a lot of the same things as far as, you know, we used to move Z inside and rush him. And, um, you know, I think he's his, his best football is ahead of him, uh, but he's going to, he is a guy that's going to be able to move inside and out. So Rowdy, we have a lot of people not happy with the pick though. I mean, if you go on Twitter, Facebook, I just got a text right now. Dave from Monona said, how do you take a guy who wasn't even all big 10? Well, he was all Big Ten. Just second team, right? He was second team. Yeah. He also played the most snaps. He wasn't a starter, Dave, either, but he played more snaps than anyone else on the Iowa Hawkeyes. And that's just an Iowa football policy. That is, that is one of the things that they do. They don't – you have to earn it there. You have to be a guy that's put in their time. You don't really see many freshmen or sophomore coming in and playing every single snap because that's just not what Kirk Ferentz does. Not now – Another thing with Luke Van Ness, he also in his redshirt freshman year was a consensus freshman All-American. Yeah. So he's, a he's clearly good. He clearly can play. And if you watched him play, I just got to get this out there just get in general. Do it. I know the Lions also took Jack Campbell and there's some question marks with him and, and exactly being drafted that high as an inside linebacker. 
But I don't know about you or anyone else out there, but I love watching the Iowa Hawkeyes play defense well, because they're, they're they are insane. just they are tough, hard nosed, slobber knocker type dudes. Yeah, yeah, and Van Ness and Campbell are two of their better ones. Yeah, they're monsters. The, the guy's six foot five, two hundred and seventy five pounds. Here's Gutekunst on why they draft such big dudes for edge guys. Well, I think versatility is one, right? Because when you're a little lighter outside there, you can't go inside. It's tougher to go inside. Um, certainly setting edges in first and second downs are very, very important to us um, in the run in the run defense. So um, I think it's just kind of how we want to be built, you know. And, um, again, I think uh, his versatility jumps out, but also just the explosive nature with which he can rush a passer. The dude's nickname is Hercules. And I know we touched on this earlier, but Hercules. this is all relative, but a relative athletic or a relative athletic score, a RAS, an RAS, this is just all of your different like height, weight, arm length, hand size, 40 time, agility, acceleration type drills, all of all of that stuff. It's how great of an athlete are you with your yeah. size? Yeah. He had the exact same score as Nick Bosa. That guy, Nick Bosa he's pretty good is last time one checked. of the better rushers in the NFL. Now, that's not everything because clearly yeah. you can be a great athlete and you can be extremely dumb and not learn things. Or you can be a guy that doesn't have any technique. Like there are some things like I don't anticipate Van Ness to come in and, and all of a sudden be Reggie White. But he's going to be a nice, serviceable player. But he's got to learn. He's a he's a guy that didn't wasn't a starter. He's a guy that only truly played two years of college football. But he is a guy with a lot of talent, and he's a, a talent on the rise. Yeah, like he's got a lot of room to grow and become even better. And he's already pretty darn good. Now on uh, Van Ness, uh, a lot of people like we talked about this a little bit ago about how he didn't start a game for Iowa. Uh, Goody was asked about that. Is there any concern about that? No, it's unusual, um, but at the same time, they played close to a thousand snaps the last two years. Um, you know, Iowa's I got a very good culture uh, there, and 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 uh, it's just kind of the way they do things a little bit. But um, it, I mean, he played uh, the you know majority of the snaps of anybody on the defensive line. So you know, he's he's again he is he's got a lot of you know football ahead of him. But um, um, I think he played cl- almost just under a thousand snaps over the last two years. How about this, Rowdy? Van Ness now becomes the sixth players, uh, the sixth player, excuse me, the Packers have drafted out of Iowa the past twenty years. What does Green Bay like about that Hawkeyes program? Here's Goody. Yeah, I think they they have a really solid program. You know, uh, Coach Ferentz does a great job out there. Um, just um, it's not offensive. Those guys learn how to work. Um, they got to earn it there, which is is, is something that is um, um, important. And um, and they just um, like I think that they have a very good process of the players that they select. Uh, and then they, they train him very well. And one more, uh, Goody was asked, you know, what convinced him? Because re- remember, at 13, with the run on the quarterbacks, no tight end had le- uh, gone. Hell, when did a wide receiver go? <laughs> like <laughs> the the funniest thing that I I'm looking at is his RAS score, and he's six foot five. He's 272 pounds. He ran a four five eight forty. He's insane. He's a monster. And I love the comps and some of the write ups and the publications that you know break down what these guys are and what their skills and attributes are. One of them was plays like a grizzly bear. He's, maul- <laughs> he's a, he's a just, mauler. Uh, cocaine bear, Rowdy. Like even even never, more. I haven't seen the movie. Me neither. Uh, real quick, 
Uh, a wide receiver hadn't gone yet when the Packers were up. A tight end hadn't gone yet. I mean, the Packers had their... The world was their oyster at 13. They took defensive end Van Ness. What convinced Gutekunst about him and how he will work and grow and improve as an NFL player? Certainly in the um, to the fall and then our, our kind of our pre-draft process and in February um, you know he was one of the the premier edge rushers in this class um, you know for me we, we saw him at the combine and that was very impressive um, I was at the Iowa Pro Day um, and I think you know it's no different than um, a lot of these guys it just helps that all helps it come together um, and then you know he's the uh, the character of the, of the guy really checked out you know I mean he's a culture guy for us he's a fit here um, you know, I think he's, uh, he's, he's a worker, you know, it's, uh, it's really important to him. Um, and I think that, uh, that always gives you comfort because you know, whatever talent he has in his body, if he'll work, he'll get there. There you go. And just look at Goody in the first round, since he took over as the GM of the green Bay Packers, all of the guys he's drafted in the first round have had crazy good relative athletic scores. So they're athletes. Quay Walker. He was big time. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, he was big time. Eric Stokes. I mean, you can go right on down the line. Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, all of them had really, really high scores. Yep. Goody likes the athletes. Gonna hear from Lucas Ness. Uh, he didn't have much to say. Uh, Brian Gutekunst talking about how much they liked him. Uh, but Van Ness, just kind of talking about, like, it, his skill, how he fits, yada, yada, yada on his, uh, here he is on his pass rush Very, game. You know, power oriented rusher. I feel like using my length to separate from, you know, offensive linemen, you know, associated with my power can be very dangerous and working on a lot of, uh, you know, stab club counters inside. And again, I think if you put me outside, I can be very dangerous on the edge. Now, Rowdy, one bugaboo for people was he was, he didn't start a game in Iowa, but remind the people why that is. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a time thing at Iowa. You got to earn it. That, Hardly ever do you see a freshman come out there and play all the snaps for Iowa. It's just not a thing that they do. Yeah, he talks on that. I was very happy with the way, you know, my time at Iowa went. It's just, you know, the Iowa way. Um, I had two great fifth-year seniors in front of me who, you know, did the time, and they, you know, they gave the years into their program. And Coach Ferentz has been there for about, I think he's incoming 25th year, 24th or 25th. You know, he's got a way of doing things at the developmental program where they bring guys in. And, you know, I understood my role and my position. I just did what Iowa was asking me. It's basically the same thing with Bo Ryan and players, right? Yeah. Like you hardly ever saw a freshman come out and play a lot. Remember how many times you would yank Sam Decker? Oh, yeah. When Sam Decker was a freshman and a top recruit. And, say, Sit down. Yeah. It's like, who did he even really let play a whole lot when they were a freshman? Sam Decker a little bit and Devin Harris? Yeah. Everyone else was pretty like, get comfy on that bench. Sit down. Now, Van Ness put 60 pounds on his freshman year. That's... I don't know what else to do. there is to do in Iowa besides eat then. Play football and Normally eat. they say the college 15, but yeah, the college 60. 60 pounds. Yeah, you know, I just came in as a long, you know, tall, lengthy kid that had a, a frame and the ability, you know, once they got in the right program to grow and kind of develop. And, you know, right as I got into the nutritionist and the nutrition at Iowa and the weight room, you know, my body very positively reacted, put that weight on it, you know, at ease. How do you go to 220? Then now he weighs 272. That could potentially be the Clay Matthews approach. <laughs> You're not talking about something extracurricular, are <laughs> you? Right, right? But that's 60 pounds is a lot. Maybe, you know, uh, even especially when to, he says I was a, a, a lengthy kid and now he's just massive. Maybe, the, maybe it wasn't PEDs. They put GMOs and all that corn out there. And it's somehow like, you know, I don't know. I have no idea.
<laughs> 60 pounds his freshman year. Uh, he did say he, he spent time with Kenny Clark in the offseason. From the get-go, my goal was to come in and learn from a veteran and, you know, really learn what it means to be a pro. And uh, I'm just so happy I have, you know, some veteran guys to look up to and learn after, and I can't wait to get in the building and meet them. And finally, uh, one thing he said, hockey was his first love. If you watched it, did you see the clip of him destroying dudes on the ice? <laughs> did you see that, Rowdy? Yep. He is a monster. Like, literally destroying dudes on the ice. He talks about I saw so many translatable, you know, uh, qualities and skills um, from hockey to football. You know, my speed, uh, my balance, you know, the quickness of the sport, conditioning, uh, my motor, you know, the ability to change direction fastly. You know, hockey is a peripheral, you know, sport. You have to be looking at the puck while making plays. That all translated directly into my game of football, uh, you know, helped me be quick on my feet. Wow. 60 pounds his freshman year and also just obliterating people on the ice. This guy's nickname, and rightfully so, Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. I like the, I like the pick, Rowdy, but you said you liked uh, JSN just a little more. Yeah, that was my pick, so that's why it was a tough spot last night because it's like, ah, I like Van Ness, but I wanted... Smith and Jigba, but how about he, they call him Hercules, six five, almost two seventy five, and he's got like a almost like a fake six pack, he's as two, in like fake, as in like it doesn't look like it could be real, but somehow it is, and he's at two seventy five. Reacting to the draft, what do you think, Packer fans? Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy Hercules, aka Lucas Van Ness. Big boy, 6'5", 275 out of Iowa. That's that's a large individual, Rowdy. With this draft pick, obviously we've talked about how Brian Gutekunst, like, he's now on the clock. Yep. His, this is his, his time. His job is on the line. He has gotten rid of the future Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers. He's going with his guy, Jordan Love. And some would say GM Aaron Rodgers as well he got rid of. Speaking of on the clock, though, with all these first-round pick. And, and the free agents that they've signed, Joe Barry, can he? <laughs> he's got to get it done. Uh, dude, you would think the Packers had the greatest defense ever known to man. It would be like the Legion of Boom times a million with all of the defensive guys they draft in the first round. Joe Barry, it's, it's time to get some berries. And I mean, is it wrong to ask for a defense that's top five, Rowdy? Well, like I saw people talking about online where they're like, hey, you know, it shouldn't be too much to ask for a top 12 defense this year with all of the talent. And, you know, you can go right on down the line. But you look at this this defense. Kenny Clark is still there in the middle. Yep. Who, by the way, Lucas Van Ness was uh, practicing with in the offseason. Yeah, you... You have as your edge rushers slash defensive ends. You you also have Devontae Wyatt, who was your first round pick last year, who showed flashes. You have Preston and uh, Preston Smith. You have Rashawn Gary, Kingsley and Nigbari, who played quite well as a fifth round pick last year. You now add Van Ness. I know you're a little thin on the the defensive line, but Van Ness is going to come in and play right away. You have Jair Alexander, one of the better corners in the league. Rasul Douglas has been playing like a solid corner. Eric Stokes was a solid rookie before the injury in his second year last year. I mean, what are you saying? Top people saying top 12, get more greedy than that. Give us a top five defense of all those players. My God, especially all the stuff they talk about in the offseason. This is the defense this year. This is it. All right. We got a guy named Hercules. Now let's go. 
And they're not done. I no. mean, obviously, they got 10 more picks. Tonight, I think tonight could arguably be the more fun round. They like got everyone's, more, you got more picks. Everyone's more anticipating the first round because, oh, it's the draft. It's the draft. First round. First round. What's my team going to do? Yeah. But when you look at, and especially the Packers this year, how they have multiple second round picks. They're going to make, unless they don't, unless they trade, they are going to make three picks tonight to win the first round and one in the third. And this is where you can continue to get players that are going to come in and make an impact on your roster right away. And the fact that there was a lot of tight ends still left out there as only one was taken or the fact that wide receiver is not deep. So basically if you want to get a a wide receiver, that's going to impact this team right away. It's probably going to be tonight in the first uh, yeah. Second or third round, yeah. you still have safety. You still have to take a look at you offensive line at all the time. Like yeah. tonight will be the fun night. Tonight's the night, Rod Stewart. Happy Friday, everyone. TGIF round two of the NFL draft starts tonight, six o'clock Central Time. This is gonna make or break the Packers draft tonight. What are we eyeing up, Rowdy? Tight end, wide receiver. I think those have to be your two biggest ones, right? It has to be. Like, are we really going to go into the season with Josiah DeGuara being tight end one? If we want to lose more games than like, win. Seriously. No offense to Josiah. Tyler Davis, is he t- tight end two? Like, that can't be like a real thing, right? Like, it can't be. Like, you would hope not, right? Like, Brian Gutekunst doesn't seem like he's a dumb man. Can you even name who the third tight end is on the team? It's a dude that was, like, hurt right away, and we thought we were going to cut him. Was that him? What was his name again? Austin Allen, who is a preferred free agent signing last year and bounced around a little bit, found his way onto the Packers roster towards the end of the year. But again, but again, nobody can name him. Brian Gutekunst probably has to go through his depth chart sheets to find who number three on the tight end list is. It's like when we go around work, walking around here, like, who are you? You work here? <laughs> well, Rowdy, who's the, we were talking about this morning, who's the last wide receiver on the Packers depth chart right now? He's an All-American. Jeff Cotton. He's an All-American. He was an All-American at age 19 in JUCO. <laughs> And that was just the best headline, though, when they got when they signed him last year, and then it was like former All American signs with Packers, and then you click on it, and it's like, well, NIAC uh, JUCO All American <laughs> Jeff Cotton when he was nineteen, now he's twenty five. <laughs> Jeff Cotton, yeah. F and A Cotton, F and A. But I mean, you think about their receiving core. All right, you have Quish, uh, Christian Watson. He was a guy that flashed, right? A lot of looks like he's got a lot of ability. Mm-hmm. You have Romeo Dobbs, who was a fourth round pick last year out of Nevada. Seems like he could be solid if he stays healthy. Then you have Samari Toure, who's a slot guy out of Nebraska that was a seventh round pick. You have Bo Melton, again, another really late pick that wasn't even a Packers draft pick, but again, found his way via waivers to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. And then there's Jeff Cotton, a guy that they picked up off the street. FNA cotton. That's it. That's the receiving core. This, the fact that they got two high first, uh, second round picks tonight and a high third round pick, it'll make or break the Packers draft. I think they go tight end, wide receiver in round, round two, and then a safety in round three. A safety. In a bad safety. Yeah. Draft. But, but that, remember what I was saying the other day? It was. 
I feel like you start to get more value at the safety position in the third round because a lot of those guys are truly third round values, but the guys that are going in the first or second round, it's a weak safety draft. The value on them at that point in the draft isn't there because yeah. they're like second round picks. <laughs> All right, so that makes sense. Make or break second second round already or second and third round because both tonight. The second round, the make or break. I think just tonight, tonight your second tonight. and third. What if they do well tonight, Green Bay? It's gonna. I think a lot of Green Bay fans are gonna be fun because Luke Van Ness feels like he's gonna be a solid player that'll come in and play right away. Yeah. But if they can find a receiver and a tight end or a safety or do whatever, I know I got my eye on a couple of guys. You want to name a couple quick? The receiver that I'm looking for in the second round, uh, it's probably got to be Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. I know people like Hyatt out of Tennessee. Eh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, more more on, Tillman, man. I'm more of a Tillman man. You're Tillman with Tillman. And then at tight end, if Michael Mayer's still there, I totally get it. But Sam Laporte is probably my round two tight end. Yeah. Those that those are my two, Tillman and Laporta. Tillman and Laporta, the rowdy watch.